0: Thanks for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. My name is Brad, and I'm the lead campus pastor and primary preaching voice here at Cornerstone Church Airdrie. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking to his kids today. So if it's me who's speaking to you or someone else on this recording, as you listen, we pray that you would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power. Enjoy the message. Today, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 if you'd like to follow along in your Bible. Um, Today, we're going to start our new Christmas series, Rediscover Christmas. And what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks leading into Christmas, even into Christmas Day, is this idea of rediscovering what Christmas means to us. And rediscovering what what it's like to to understand Christmas in in a deep internal context, to, to have Christmas bring out some things in us again. Now, in order to to help maybe you understand that, I have sort of a confession I need to make to you, sort of something I need to let you know about that will help you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, 2020 has been a tough year. I think that we can all sort of agree to that. We may not want to say amen to that, but, but I think on some level we can all appreciate and understand how, how tricky this year has been. And I know that a lot of times we say that at the end of the year, that, that people are saying, you know, oh, well, at the end of 2020 or at the end of 2019, oh, good, I'm glad this is over. 2020, a fresh start. But this year it's really true. It's been a year like no other. I mean, if you're here or online... Just look at how we're viewing church this morning. We can all agree that we are walking through a time that none of us, no one, ever saw coming or ever imagined that we would be at this place. And, and it can be so easy for us to lose so much of ourselves and so much of the good out of life because of everything that we're facing. That, that, and, and At least for our family, one of the things that we've been trying hard to do is to find ways and moments to make life special in a good way. There's been a lot of things that have made life special in a difficult way this year, but to actually do something to make life special good, and, and especially for our kids. And this week, we did something like that for our kids. Fortnite is a video game that's really important in our household. And on Tuesday, they had what they call live events. And on Tuesday, it was a big one because it was the end of a season, sort of like a TV show finale. The only problem was that it was at 2 p.m. And the kids don't get out of school until 2.45 p.m. And the kids really wanted to see it. And Yvonne and I th- talked about it. and We thought about it. And we said, you know, they've lost out on so much. This is something we can do for them. To give them something. Instead of losing out on something else that they wanted to be a part of. That they wanted to see that meant something to them. We could give them something. And so, on Tuesday, we yanked him out of school early to come home and watch a video game thing. And in a way, this is what I'm praying for and expecting God to do for us over these next couple of weeks. That since 2020 has taken such a toll on our lives and our energy and even our joy, but what I think what God wants to do this year for Christmas is for us to be reminded to rediscover what Christmas is and what Christmas means and what Christmas brings and to regain in our lives perhaps some of what 2020 has tried to rob from us as we look at the miracle of Christmas. And so today we're going to be looking at Jesus' mother Mary. We're going to be looking at how she got and received the news of what was about to take place in her life, and we're going to look at something that hopefully this story in the context of Christmas can help us rediscover. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town called Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, now I want to pause here for a moment because there's something that I want to highlight for you already that's going to lead us into our point for today. What I want to unpack for you just really quickly is the word that's used here, favored. But the word that translated here is this word in the Greek, it's charis, charis is how you would say it in English if you were trying to speak Greek. But the word that's being used here is that, and what this word means is grace. Depending on your translation, most will say favored, but some may say the grace of God is upon your life instead of highly favored. And what's really being said to Mary is, is this Mary, there is a grace on your life to be able to receive this invitation. Meaning, you are our favored, Mary, but it's not because of who you are, Mary, but because God has chosen you. And, and why this is important is because it tells us that it's not Mary that made a way for Jesus to be born, it's that God made a way for Mary to carry his son. It's important because it's not the person that makes the miracle. It's important because the angel could show up to any of us at any time and say the same kind of thing. Greetings, highly favored one." You are highly favored because God has chosen you because when God calls you, God gives you the grace for the calling. It's not the person that makes the miracle. Mary couldn't carry Jesus because she was so special. She wasn't favored because she had achieved some kind of level, but she was favored because the favor of God, the grace of God, was on her life. But Mary is, is of course, understandably shook by this news and confused and concerned because as as these waves of realization that are hitting her all of these news she she verse 29 tells us that she was greatly troubled at the these at the words at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be you see i mean obviously this isn't a little news This is huge news. It's literally going to upend and change everything about her life, her future. Nine months from now, she's going to be a mom. Now, we don't know what Mary wanted to do for her life, what her life plan was going to be, but now the biggest interruption imaginable is taking place in her life. That there is, a, there is not just something that's going to happen, but there's something that's going to happen that's going to affect every single day of the rest of her life, every day moving forward for her entire life. Every single relationship she has is going to be affected by this. She is engaged. This is going to have an effect on her engagement. She is pregnant. That's going to matter to him. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 1, we see that it really does. Joseph, the the man she's engaged to, finds out the news and and he decides that the best thing that he can do for himself and for her is just to sort of quietly divorce her. To leave Mary until the angel shows up to him in a dream. Her parents, her friends, every relationship that she has is about to be put through an incredibly difficult test. J- just think for a moment about the couple of things that we know to be true about Mary's life. Nazareth is a small backwater town. In fact, Nazareth is looked at such, of a, such, a, such a small town, such a, a joke of a town, it's literally used as a punchline in a joke in Scripture. When, when, uh, there's a man named Philip. And he's told by his friend Nathaniel that they've found the Messiah. And oh, by the way, that Messiah happens to come from, or his name is Jesus, and he happens to come from a place called Nazareth. Nathaniel tells a joke. Nazareth? Can anything good come from, hold on a minute, I was with you until you said Nazareth. That's impossible. It was such a small town of a joke that when Jesus was crucified, they made sure to include that it was Jesus of Nazareth who was calling himself the king of the Jews, as if a king could ever come from a place like Nazareth. Now, if you've ever spent any time growing up in a small rural town, you know that everyone knows everyone, and everyone knows everything. And so suddenly Mary is pregnant. And she has this unbelievable story to try and sell people on. That not only is she pregnant, but what she's going to start telling people is that the baby is God's. Good luck. I know that if somebody came in, in our church and said, Pastor Brad, I need to meet with you. I need to, to, to have some counseling. I don't quite know what to do. And okay, well, come and let, let's meet and let's talk. Tell me what's going on. Um, I'm pregnant, and an angel told me it was God's. Now, no, it's not. I don't know what you think you're trying to pull. but And so every, Mary, this is what Mary's got to try and tell people. And so how is this going to be received? She's pregnant, but it's not Joseph's baby, but, but it's okay because it's God's baby. Inside of this small joke of a town, do you think this is going to go well for her? Mary's future, Mary's reputation, Mary's relationships are all on the line. They are going to be impacted in an almost immeasurable degree by this news. There was going to be shame and labels put on her that she would probably never be able to shake. So yeah, she's troubled. And and the angel can tell, so he speaks to her in verse 30. He says, but the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be? He unpacks for her everything that's about to happen. Everything that's going to happen in her life and in the life of her baby. But I just want to focus for a minute on on what the angel says in verse 35. When he says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You see, when we talked about what it meant for Mary to be favored, we, we talked that it meant that she had a grace on her life, that she had God's grace on her life, that Mary wasn't favored because she was Mary. Mary was favored because God said, that's my girl. And because God chose her, he was going to give her the grace that she needed in order to do what she needed to do. You, you see, that God's favor was on her, but the angel says that it's not just that God's favor is on you, but that through the Holy Spirit, God's favor was going to be in her. God's grace was on her, but God's grace was also in her. God's grace was going to be there to help her take up this challenge. That In this moment, she is highly favored. God's grace is on her to take up the responsibility to become Mary, the mother of Jesus. But more than that, the angel says, God's grace will continue to be in you to do this. He isn't just going to help you take on the responsibility. He's not just going to help you be there at the start. But he's going to be with you every step of the way. When it's hard, you will have God's grace. You will be favored. When you have to tell your parents what has happened, you will be favored. When you have to tell your fiancé what has happened, you will be favored. When your fiance is planning on leaving you, you will be favored. When people hate you and mock you and make fun of you and look down on you, you will be favored. When you have to travel by donkey when you're nine months pregnant for days and days because of a census, you will be favored. When you have to give birth inside of an animal's stable, you will be favored. As your son grows and develops and and you discover more and more about what it means to be the parent of God, you will be favored. When your son hangs on a cross, dying an unjust death, you will be favored. God's favor, God's grace is on you now, Mary, and it will be Every step of the way. Mary hears what the angel has to say and she steps up and steps into this role. She says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. More often than not, in our lives, the greatest act of faith that we can have in our lives is really just believing that I heard God say what he said. That the greatest act of faith that we can have in our lives is to hear God speak and just to accept that it was God. We can have God speak to us, but it can become so easy so quickly to come up with all the reasons that we, we didn't don't want it to be God, that it wasn't God, that maybe it was just the burrito I had late last night. We don't want to hear that. It doesn't sound like fun. It's too big, it's too hard, it's too scary. That's too much of a sacrifice. And at this moment, I wonder what Mary's mind was like. Trying to figure out what's going on and and why perhaps maybe what's happening wasn't really happening. What, What did I eat? Did I hit my head? Am I hallucinating? Perhaps trying to figure out how this is and how this can't be God. Calling me to be pregnant out of wedlock? That doesn't sound like God. Asking me to risk every relationship that I have when I've been trying to be faithful to God? That doesn't sound like God. You know, one of the Ten Commandments says, honor your father and mother. If if this is really God, he's going to bring dishonor on my family. God wouldn't call me to do that. God wouldn't call me to bring shame on my house when I've been told to honor my father and mother. You know, this doesn't sound like God. Maybe this is some kind of temptation. Maybe this is something that I need to demonstrate my faith in and to stand up and say, no, I will not do this. I will stand up for God. But I want to let you know That people often ask me, how can I hear the voice of God better in my life? And the answer to that is this. If you want to know how to hear the voice of God more clearly in your life, listen to God's voice. When God speaks and we listen, the next time that he speaks, it'll be just that much more clear. But the greatest act of faith that so many of us can have throughout so many points of our life is just to hear God speak and to trust that it was God and to step into that. In this moment, Mary takes an incredible step of faith to just simply believe God. And this is what... God wants for us to rediscover about Christmas this week. For the Christmas story to help us rediscover courage. Christmas is a story about courage. Mary had to have so much courage in this moment. So much courage to take on this moment. And then so much courage to take on every moment that was about to follow. It wasn't for a moment that Mary needed courage. It was for a lifetime that she was going to need courage. Mary was favored because there was grace on her, a grace given to her for what she was about to go through, and a grace that would go with her every single step of the way. And you are highly favored today. Not because you're special, not because you've earned something, but because God has chosen you. And because God has chosen you, you are highly favored. You have been given grace, a grace for you today and a grace for every tomorrow that you are going to face. After so much that we've gone through in 2020, it can be easy to forget or even reject the idea that God has favor on me and on my life, that I am highly favored by God. It can be so tempting to look at everything that this year has thrown at me, at us, and to not see God's favor and grace on our lives. But the story of Christmas, the story of Mary, reminds us that God's favor and grace doesn't always look like the kind of ideas we can associate with those words in our lives. Psalm 23 We'll talk about how he makes me lie down in green pastures. Gives me cold drinks of water, fresh running water. We can think that's what favor looks like. That's what grace looks like. But God's favor and grace are also for the moments where he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. It's for these moments where God has called you to become something, to do something that terrifies you, that rattles you to the core, that will change potentially every part of your life, every relationship in your life, everything that you know to be true about this moment right now. God may call you to step into something that throws all of that into question and you are highly favoured. God's favor and grace leads us to the place of courage to face it. It's not the lack of a storm that God promises. It's not in there. If you look through Scripture, you will not find that promise. You cannot find it. You cannot find the place where God says, If you follow me, I will make it easy on you. If you follow me, you will not have trouble. If you follow me, everything will go just the way you'd like it to. And you'll never face challenge or opposition or worry or fear. You will never have any of those things. You will not find that promise in there. But it's a peace that God promises. A peace in the storm. A peace in the tension. A peace in the pandemic. A peace in the stress. A peace in the worry. And there is a grace that's on you. And there is a grace that's in you. And in 2020, the enemy may have spent an entire year trying to rob you of so much. But God has favor and grace for you. And it will lead us to the courage to not be overcome by everything that we're facing, but because God has grace for you now and grace for your every tomorrow, that you will have the courage to be able to face each thing that comes up day by day, moment by moment, through God's grace, knowing that you are highly favored with the courage that flows from that for each of us. Oh, come, oh, come, amen. Thanks again for listening to one of the audio messages from Cornerstone Church Airdrie. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Cornerstone Church, there are a couple places you can go. First is our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com and select the Airdrie campus. And some of the best ways to connect with us is through our social media channels. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstoneairdrie. Follow us on Twitter at csairdrie and on Instagram at cornerstoneairdrie. If you'd like to connect with the pastoral team at Cornerstone, you can do that again through our website, cornerstonefoursquarechurch.com. Click on the Airdrie campus, then click on the About Us on the main menu, and then one last click on Our Campus Pastors. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and get new messages delivered directly to you. We are so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Cornerstone Church Airdrie, we are a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. We follow Jesus together as family we go.